this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And speaking of the union, Jay, we have a new union member. His name is Hale Phillips. He just joined us. He's already active in the in the Discord community. We were talking some soul coughing today, Jay. I know it's your favorite band uh, from the 90s. Big fan of that fretless upright bass. Can't get enough of that. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a good Ferdy bass? Mm-hmm. Uh, with some uh, po- beat poet rap on top of it. I, I mean, totally your jam. Sold. I was sold at beat poet. Uh, uh, but strangely enough, I, I love soul coughing, so even though those things together sound like they wouldn't work somehow they did work for me. And, uh, Jay, for this episode, we had uh, nine albums that worked for people and they, uh, suggested them to us and our Patreon community voted on them. And whoa, Nelly, was this a close race? This might, this might earn a whoa. second chance review down the road. Because uh, this was a this was a three horse race down to the wire. It did. Uh, I feel like it jockeyed around a little bit too. It did. It, it bounced clear, back. It wasn't clear till the end. No, it wasn't. There was a lot of lobbying going on. A lot of a lot of cash exchanged hands and envelopes back back uh, back door negotiations. Don't rat on anybody. I won't. I won't. <clears throat> Certain Canadians were doing it. I'm just saying they're a little. Unscrupulous. Uh, well, that's fun. That's funny money. That's not real money. I know. It's all. It's all. It's all loonies. Anyway, what am I going to do with a loony? <laughs> exactly. I think that. What's the exchange rate from from loony to buffalo nickel? Uh, okay. Enough with the um, slurs. Let's get to uh, who suggested albums and what they were. Uh, Gary Moran suggested the album Fluke by Rusty. Jeremy Amend suggested whack ass tuba riff by fluff fledge is that how you say that i think it's full full fledge full fledge oh full fledge i see they misspelled okay richard waterman suggested burning waters mood elevator eric peterson suggested legal legal weapons not lethal weapons legal weapons take out the trash lars limblot limbald limblad Suggested Smog's Knock Knock. Kyle Bittner suggested the self-titled album by Limb Lifter. Ben Brower suggested Life of Crime by Laughing Hyenas. Jason Grace suggested Sackcloth in Ashes by 16 Horsepower. And Adam Smith suggested 14 Songs by Paul Westerberg. A lot of names there. I would say at least half those names I was familiar with. And I've listened to a couple of those records. Any of those uh, records familiar to you? Uh, I, it's funny. I, I know the Smog album type, uh, cover for some reason. I don't know why, but 
Um, never heard it. Limb lifter. I just know because of uh, uh, what what record was it we did recently? We talked the age about of electric. Them. Yes. Um, 16 horsepower I've heard of, and obviously Paul Westerberg, but, uh, several here, I have never full-fledged burning water, illegal weapon, rusty laughing hyenas. I've never heard of those bands. I'd heard laughing hyenas cause they came up in the, um, hardcore American hardcore book that I read a couple years ago. Obviously I, I own the Paul Westerberg record. I'm a big Paul Westerberg fan. So I, I know that record well. Um, like you, Limb Lift, I only knew because of the dimensions regarding our Age of Electric episode and the rest of them where maybe I heard the name, but I didn't really know what they sounded like. So the voting was like this. Uh, Full-fledged and Burning Water and Laughing Hyenas all in last place with three votes. Legal Weapon with four votes. Then a tie for fourth place, smog and 16 horsepower with seven votes. Third place went to limb lifter. Second place, Paul Westerberg's 14 songs. It looked like it was going to be either of those were going to win, but Rusty's fluke ended up pulling it out at the end. The neon green and neon pink colored record. That's definitely very nineties. Uh, Although when I looked at that album cover, I was like, this could be either an alternative band from Canada or it could be a UK uh, dubstep band. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's no indication of what this is going to sound like. There's like sketchy, grungy art, but then the colors are hyper so fluorescent bright. and bright. Yeah. It's looks it, like the colors of, of a rave yeah. or something. Not that I've ever been to a rave and I know what any of the colors look like. <laughs> uh, here's some comments we got. Eric Peterson said, of course, I'm going with Legal Weapon. One of my all-time favorite bands. We really have not had an 80s punk band who released records in the 90s win one of these polls that I can recall. I also threw a vote to 16 Horsepower. Uh, Whitney Buehler went with Limb Lifter. Willie Dillon, I love Limb Lifter a whole bunch. I also love Rusty. They're almost like a Canadian version of Paul, but not as heavy. Uh, Keith Badge, 16 horsepower as Denver's 90s scene needs some attention. Interesting. Maybe a future digging your scene. Uh, David Gorgos, the smog LP is one of the best of the 90s, though Red Apple Falls is even better. The cover art is incredible. Kyle Bittner, damn it. If Limb Lifter doesn't take it this round, the harsh vocals and fuzzed out guitars of Rusty get me every time. But credit goes to Ryan Dahl for creating better melodies, harmonies, and lyrics. Paul Wester is fantastic and legend, but I don't feel that album lives up to the oddness or conciseness that Limb Lifter has. Rusty and Paul are amazing albums, but Limb Lifter is long overdue. Richard Waterman, I think I am going to go with the mythical Limb Lifter. People on the mythical Discord know what I'm talking about. None of this is mythical. None of this. Uh, Scott, I feel like I saw 16 Horsepower Live, and they were awesome. Nate Smith, going with Rusty on this one... With Limb Lister being a close second, can't get enough of the huge wall of sound. This record very reminiscent of an earlier, dirtier local H. Gavin, an interesting set. I bought Westerberg after the single soundtrack. Could make an interesting choice. I have to explore the others as I only know two. Ian McIver. My sister loved Rusty Fluke, so I guess I'm voting for that. She had me hunting for the CD for several years, so I kept a digital copy when I found it. Good album, short and to the point. Richard Waterman, I need to listen to this Rusty album. Willie Dillion, you sure does. 
Willie Dillon, I've gotten around to listening to the rest. Laughing Hyenas sound pretty cool and 16 horsepower. If you said, do you like Christian alt country? I'd say, what are you crazy? But 16 horsepower must be the finest version of them. It's very dark and instrumentally intriguing. Nothing, something, not something I normally listen to, but I'm enjoying it. Kyle Bittner, limb lifter. Still has a fighting chance for the, for a few, for those of you who haven't voted. Give it a chance and cast a vote. See, there's there's politicking happening right on our pages, Jay. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and then Stephen Musinski wrapped it up with, initially I was on Team Limblifter all the way. I know of them by way of Local H as they toured together in 1996. I had never heard of Rusty until this poll, but they had me at hello. Despite that horrible 90s album cover, for me, it's all about the guitars and the vocal. The amps sound like they're absolutely cranked, and then you have that vocal with enough muscle of its own to somehow rival the crunch of those guitars. I love it. Objectively, I do not care for the drum sound on this record at all, but somehow there's a certain charm when everything comes together, and I just hear a band that sounds like they're having a blast playing these songs. Thankfully, because seriously, that snare sounds like it's slightly less annoying cousin of old St. Anger. I'm also inclined to agree with Willie on the paw comparison, mostly the raw power of the vocal delivery. So, yeah, it came down to Limb Lifter versus Rusty. And while the former definitely has the better record, critically speaking, the latter just hits me with the sweet spot and rocks a little harder. So Stephen Mazinski tipped the poll, essentially. It was a one-vote difference. Whichever way he was going to vote... Oh, my gosh. ...made it happen. And so Stephen did it. He did it. So powerful. Assuming... Well, no, that's not true. The poll ended long before he put his comment in there. <laughs> the poll ended on, on July 25th, and he left his comment on July 31st. Oh, that was a good story though. Let's go. Dang it. Let's just pretend he did. <laughs> uh, so a little history on Rusty. History of the band. Formed in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, 1994. They earned a Juno Award nomination for Best Alternative Album for Fluke, which was their debut record. They released the album Sophomoric in 1997, Out of Their Heads in 1998, and then they broke up and then reunited and did a Pledge Music campaign. Remember when Pledge Music was a thing, Jay? That was such a nice time. Uh, They released Dogs of Canada in 2018. Put out a bunch of singles here and there. And um, the band... Uh, for this record is um, hold on one sec. Jim Moore on bass, Bob Vespenzini on drums, Scott McCullough on guitar and vocals, uh, Ken McNeil on vocals, just vocals. Actually, there's two drummers. Uh, Bob Vespenzini plays on five tracks and Mitch Perkins plays on five tracks. Um, Chris Wardman plays acoustic guitar on two tracks and was the producer of the record. And um, it was uh, mastered by Howie Weinberg, the, uh, you know, the guy mastered like half the records in the nineties. And it was released on handsome boy records in Canada and tag recordings in the UK and 
uh, Warner Electric, Warner uh, Communications, Time Warner, Warner Music Group, whatever that was in the 90s, uh, they released it in the U.S. So there you go. Um, and like I mentioned, they had three uh, records after this. Uh, the, fir- oh, the, the two after this were both released on Handsome Boy in Canada, and then they self-released the... Um, the 2018 Pledge Music album. So, all that out of the way. Let's talk about what worked and what didn't work for us. Jay, tell me one thing you liked about Fluke by Rusty. You definitely can hear a real energy here. Uh, I think through the performances and also the way it is produced. For the songs uh, that work the best, I really like, um, I kind of like the drum sound. Now, it's not like the kind of drum sound that, you know, if you picked it apart individually, you know, like Stephen was saying, that that snare is, you know, individually not a great snare sound. But I do like how um, when it's given some space on a song like Groovy Dead um, or Misogyny, got this really fuzzy layered guitar and a very gruff kind of raw voice it just creates this immediate you know hot practice space kind of sound you know or a small club kind of sound um that you just something about the drums that sound really authentic you know in that type of uh context so it kind of, uh, it can bring me, it brings me to the, those types of spaces and experiences, you know, here in bands that, you know, are, are pretty on the raw side, uh, have some melody, have a ton of attitude, you know, delivers, you know, songs with a lot of uh, just overall grit and energy. Um, and I think there, you know, there's quite a bit of material here that um, it does that well. I think they, when, when the songwriting is working its best um to me it borders on something like maybe a slightly less um dense dinosaur junior or almost like a replacements kind of vibe um so something like misogyny has some dinosaur junior flair to me the way that the guitars kind of picks through some of those chords and some of the drum fills um, maybe a driving and crying could also be another band that would come to mind there a little bit of kind of bluesy, but heavy, uh, feel, but something like Tarwater or Katie Lang has a melodic sense to me. That's, you know, similar to maybe re- like the replacements where you get, um, these melodic guitar lines, um, you know, punky attitude, 
but pretty concise songs um, that have good, you know, tempos and, um, you know, are really upbeat. Um, so it's a cool sounding band when, when they're playing material like that and when um, and the songs are working, but it's, you know, louder. You know, I, I tend to like the stuff on here that's, you know, a little bit heavier, harder rock, fairly straightforward. And then it has some flares that are, you know, maybe a little bluesy, a little alternative, a little punky, but not uh, too far down into any one specific genre. When they're walking that kind of just heavy, fuzzy line, um, blurry line of, you know, different styles of music, but, you know, delivering in a really unique uh, way that, you know, based on the way that this vocalist sounds and kind of the way the band's produced is, is can be a pretty unique sound. So that's some of the stuff I liked. What about you? Well, I, I like when this band is bashing it out. That to me is yeah. this, like, this sounds great loud because mm-hmm. when you crank it and they're bashing, it just sounds really, really good. Yeah. Um, and you're right. They, they do have some, Really, really interesting melodic sense. Uh, a song like Katie Lang, I was actually getting some not early Dinosaur Jr. or Dinosaur Jr. is a good one, but I was getting some like early Buffalo Tom too. Hmm, like yeah. he had the the raspiness of his voice on that song reminded sure. me of Bill Janovitz, and it reminded me of more of the um, pre Big Red Letter Day, more Let Me Come Over and Bird Brain and that and that era when the guitars were a little rougher and you know they, they were a little uh, less controlled and, and not so focused on <laughs> writing really good songs, but just kind of bashing them out, yep. um, hadn't evolved yet. I got that same sense from, like you mentioned, misogyny, which has elements. I mean, there's a little bit of Nirvana in there. There's a little bit of Local H. Not that they were influenced by Local H, but just they, there's that same vibe of like just really, really aggressive, but without being heavy, um, which I really liked. And I I really dug the stuff that's happening that is unexpected. Uh, like warning having that slide, which gives it this almost like Royal Trucks vibe, but what I kind of wanted Royal Trucks to more sound like, mm. which is more full. Yeah. You know, introduce yeah. the bluesy aspect, introduce the, the, the bar band sound in a way mm. and, but do it in a much fuller, less um, stripped down and less, uh, you know, consciously minimalist. Um, I, I I liked how they did that. Rhonda, with the Rhonda, with 
there's a sense of fun on this record. Like when they start punk, they sort of start the song like three times at the beginning. Um, and I, don't, I didn't know this until I, I read it. I didn't, I didn't remember this. That song is in the movie Black Sheep with Chris Farley and David Spade. When they're in the driving in the car, um, there's a scene where they're like headbanging. And um, that's the song they're headbanging to in the car. Which, I mean, that's totally out of the, like how would that song end up <laughs> in that movie? Yeah. But it's on the soundtrack and, and I just thought that was just bizarre. But I mean, it totally fits. You're going to headbang in a car. That's a good song to pick. Um, but I did, I really like the vibe of this record. I think bringing up Paul by our, our, uh, Patreon folks was a good call. He's got that rasp that Mark Hennessy has. Um, there is a, I realize this band is Canadian and they're from Toronto, but there is a Midwestern sound to, to this. It, it sounds like it's forged. Like you couldn't, I don't think you can make this record in a big, it's weird because I don't think it's working like you couldn't make this in like New York or LA. Like it just doesn't sound like that kind of record. Yeah. Um, and I realize that Toronto is a big city, but it doesn't have the same vibe as um as what I was expecting um the album cover, like I said earlier when I was looking at that. Um so I there was a lot. I, I really liked just the overall sound of this record because they don't really repeat themselves, which is nice. They kind of approach each song. And some of these are short songs. I mean, punk is a minute 54 tar waters, a minute 48. Um, they kind of approach each song completely uniquely. And that's, I appreciate that, that it's not a formula for them. There's a lot of different things going on and they're introducing a lot of weird guitar parts there's there's a part i think is it um wake me it's got this like tremoloed lead that almost sounds like uh run through the jungle by uh yeah yeah. (laughs) by credence yeah definitely uh but i like it's got that you know it's a little surfy and it's interesting um i would never have expected this band to pull that out until i heard it and i went oh okay that's interesting yeah um so i i dug uh, quite a bit guitar playing, especially just so much cool stuff happening. The only one that I didn't. And, uh, I don't, we'll see where you land on this Sealing The last track was the only one that I was like, felt like just dragging to me. That was the only one I had a trouble with. I had trouble with when they got to genre deep. So like punk to me is not a, not successful. It even sounds smaller. But I don't know what's going on there. And it's because it's faster and just everything's louder. But like, it doesn't sound as big when you crank it as some of the other songs. You I don't love warning. Uh, I like the notion of them bringing in the slide, but it kind of doesn't go anywhere. Um, California, um, a little bit of a country vibe, but the vocal is a little bit buried there. It's not quite gel to me as a song. Um, 
Big Boy is, I like the sound of that song, but again, it like doesn't sound as sophisticated or as real as something like misogyny, which it follows. Um, ceiling's okay. I, I'm with you. It drags a bit. I, I, it felt to me like, uh, you know, like a Dinosaur Jr. slow song, you know, on an album track where you're like, oh, okay, it's mm-hmm. okay. It wasn't great, but I at least liked the big guitar sound in there. And it it wasn't so like, you know, genre, like overly bluesy or like to be warning is like too bluesy, bar bandy sounding. Um, punk is too punk. <laughs> so, you know, I prefer when they don't, you know, go too far down any one of those um, genres and, and stay kind of in the middle. Um, and in general, when the tempos are up. So something like ceiling, yeah, it, it suffers a bit because it's just a slower tempo, which requires the singer to do more and fill more space and, you know, more changes and just everything needs to work a lot harder when you slow the tempo down. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on punk. I think that that works because after the opener, which is, you know, sets up the sound of the record. I mean, you kind of get what they are, you know, on that first song. You, you you understand what the big fuzzy guitar and kind of this roomy drum sound and his his uh, raspy vocal. And punk, I think the thing that worked for me with punk was it just throws you a curveball immediately. And you go, okay, well, this isn't going to be the same song over and over again. And yeah. I like, you know, they keep it under two minutes, which to me, if that had been like a three minute song would have totally blown it. Sure. But the fact that it's under two minutes, I, I like it because it makes me go, okay, this is, a, this band is like not committed to, there's a little bit of a, a wink on, on this record. Like they're not mm-hmm. committed towards making just an alternative sounding record, which is for 1995 is nice. Like they're there. This is a little we've heard the phrase before post grunge in a way they're acknowledging there's other stuff out there, which is why I think like the, the slide stuff in warning works for me. And it just, uh, it could have been a lot more basic and they twisted it in ways that I, I like that kept me interested for what is fairly a fairly short record. I mean, it's 37 minutes. This is, shockingly short for 1995 <laughs> i'm surprised yeah. there's not five more songs on this to be quite honest because that's i'm sure the record label was like okay well that's a nice first half of the album what's where's the rest of it but uh yeah i i find it works for the most part for me now i i do agree with you like in california his vocal does get, like it's in the quiet parts his vocal works fine and then when he, you get to the louder parts it kind of gets lost and that happens in a, in a couple spots but I I hate to put it this way, but they kind of rely on vibe to get a to get away with some things. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that I think that they were if they were more of a perci- precision band, they wouldn't get away with those sorts of things. But I think when you're bashing out over a big fuzzy guitar and bass and screaming your head off, you kind of you can kind of get away with not making everything so crystal clear. Yeah. Well, it sounds like misogyny. I think the chorus is mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it works. Like it's mm-hmm. delivered with 
an attitude and a swagger that makes it work. Right. So we kind of covered a little bit what, what didn't work. Anything else what, what, that doesn't work for you on this record? No, I think they covered it. Um, I think this, when this band is, is clicking, it sounds great. And it's a cool, unique sound. That's for sure. And there's some, just some material on here that doesn't quite click or meanders a bit. And it starts to fall apart for me pretty quick. But um, yeah, I think they, they occupy a space that's unique. And I'm with you in terms of the Midwestern thing too. I, there's nothing, I don't know what, what it means to sound Canadian, but <laughs> there's nothing about this that would clue me into it being Canadian. I would have guessed like mid, like maybe Kansas, Missouri, you know, maybe even Ohio, you know, um, if you were to ask me, just play this for me and ask me where this band's from. So you can talk a little bit about why this didn't, other than being in black sheep, didn't really do much in the United States. They did put out an EP to promote this before it was, these were the tracks, punk, wake me, Katie Lang, misogyny, and Billy boy. Those came out in 94, the year before the album was released. This, this came out in July of 95. Um, and then for singles, they actually put out three different singles. Uh, Wake Me was a single. It included uh, Warning. And then also a non-album track called Oasis. That's an interesting choice for a single. I don't know that I would have thought of that as a single. Um, and then they released Groovy Dead as a single, which I think that, I mean, that kind of encapsulates the whole band in that sound. Um, and then they released California as an EP with like an acoustic version of Wake Me and the Oasis B-side single again. And then they released Misogyny as a single. So they put out four singles mm. trying to, break this yeah you know in the u.s because misogyny was released as a u.s single i believe yeah it was a u.s single whole song but it's five minutes and 36 right. seconds there's no way that's working on the radio yeah that and wake me were the u.s singles uh the can in addition to those two california and groovy dead were the were the canadian singles which I don't know why you wouldn't release Groovy Dead as a U.S. single. That seems odd, especially in 1995. Seems like that would have been a prime year to release this, but yep. what do I know? So I, I'm not surprised this didn't do better. I mean, this is pretty raw sounding when you compare it to like how polished oh, yeah. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, sounded yeah. in 1995. Yep. So, I mean, you're going up against, you know, really polished albums from like, Green Day and and Bush and you know there's a lot of alt rock that's coming in that does not sound as this almost sounds like a, a year or two or before that in some respects and the, the fact that the EP was released a year before kind of makes sense yeah I agree it has that really early or a kind of pre grunge break breakthrough sound where it's, it's, you know, just 
you can imagine this was one of those bands that like this would be an early record from them, but then a record company gets hold of them and they polish them up a little bit. Right. Was not really vinyl. And by 95, they're putting out like radio singles and right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this band works polished up. I haven't heard anything beyond this. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever, if you've seen the sophomoric, uh, album cover which was in our discord uh chat uh it's sophomoric to put it uh i don't know if they went in a country direction for the next record but uh they're all wearing cowboy hats yeah which is concerning (laughs) all right let's talk about overall ratings on this record jay were the album better ep or decent single where do you land well, I think it's clear I'm at an EP based on what I just went through. Yeah. My EP would be Groovy Dead, Wake Up, or sorry, Wake Me, Katie Lang, Misogyny, and Tarwater. Uh, so five tracks I think are really strong. And I think the rest of it is okay. And for a 30, I guess where I'm coming in at a 37-minute record, Yes, we harp a lot on like, hey, you know, records should be shorter, you know, under 45 minutes or 40 minutes is ideal. 10 songs is great. But even at that, like you got to, it helps make a weaker material, you know, I think a little stronger, feel stronger. But you still got to have 10 killer songs. And I think there's five killer songs in five kind of okay meandering subpar songs so that's where i'm at with my ep well i'm gonna disagree i'm gonna go where the album uh ceiling is my only hard drop um i think that the rest of the record is interesting enough to carry itself i think billy boy might be my only other cut but you know i don't really I don't think the song is weak the way that I think ceiling is kind of a weak song, but I think it's a worthy record and I'm, I'm willing to uh, live with, I even like the running order, which is uh rare. Usually find something wrong with the track listing. Yeah. We want to shuffle things around, but I, I like the way that this works. It, it, another band that it reminded me of was Ash in some, uh, in some ways with that big fuzzed out sound. So um, yeah, I'm, I just hit my sweet spot in terms of, uh, fuzzy guitars and bass and, and lots of shouty vocals that, uh, I dug it. So, uh, I think it's a worthy record and, um, we need to thank, uh, Mr. Gary, uh, I believe it was, was it Gary, Gary Moran? Yeah. Yep. Gary Moran, who I don't think is Canadian. Yeah, he suggested a Canadian record. What's up with that? I thought you I thought it was all completely you can only pick records and submit them from where you're from. So I guess we'll have to check and check the yeah, dig into the rule book there. The legalities of all that. Thanks to everyone who commented. Thanks to everyone who voted. If you would like to vote in a poll such as this, you can uh, join us at the DMO Union by going to DMOUnion.com or digmeoutunion.com. That's where our patrons all joined together to uh, politic about uh, polls of 
album reviews that are suggested over at digmeoutpodcast.com. It's where those albums get dumped into our massive cauldron of albums, and then they are plucked out by the Excel spreadsheet. Uh, there's some pivot tables involved, I think, and uh, it's a pretty amazing uh, process that the AI is now in charge of. And um, you can also, uh, you can, depending on what level you join us, you can you can help us pick roundtables. You can help us pick 80s episodes, 80s episodes every other month, uh, p- selected by our patrons and voted on by our, our board of directors and uh, steering committee. And then also, uh, you can also read our box newsletter uh, over at uh, Patreon, which is, uh, you can sign up for that at digmeoutpodcast.com. Two new reviews per week. Plus our calendar of new releases it delivered to your email inbox. And lastly, if you like what you heard, Apple Podcasts is where you go to leave a review. Five stars. That's all we need. Yeah, just five stars. Just click that five star. You know, if you like, if you if you enjoyed the service, uh, you know, tip your waiter and leave a five star review. That's all we ask. Even if you don't use Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, or even use an iPhone or a Mac, you can still, yep, head over there and click the five stars. So for Jay, I am Tim, and we are out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Oh.